Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Come to the Word of God with just a sense of uh, responsibility and a sense of God is doing something new in the world now that no other generation before us has ever seen. I, I come with a sense of speaking to other pastors and meeting with other pastors that it's like we've never been here before. And God has positioned the church in such a way that we can have our brightest impact now as we keep in step with the Spirit. So I'm so alert to the the fact that we have to just keep in track with how God is guiding us. The ministry on Sundays is not just going to be, let's grab a sermon. It's it's really trying to hear from God. We'll repeat what happens at the 8 o'clock, 8.30 service will be repeated the following week at the 10 o'clock service. So whether you come at the 8.30 or the 10, the, the messages will come across alternating. Because I really feel we carry something as a church. We carry something that we want to deposit. So Lord, we come and we just say, here's my heart. Here's my heart. Speak what you want for us to hear at this time. For this generation, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Open your Bible anywhere and just start reading. We'll do that for 30 minutes and we'll all go home. While we're doing that, let's just open at Genesis chapter 1. That's a good place to start. It's going to take a while to get through, but trust me, you'll, you'll be all the better for it. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I mean, how, you don't, how can you beat that? Just like there was, a, God decided when there was nothing, there was no time, there was no space, he turned the clock on and he went, okay, now, time and space. In the beginning. When was that? It was in the beginning. But God was before the beginning. Because he was the one who said in the beginning, he's the in the beginning. God created. Now the earth was formless, empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In this cosmic flux, if you like, scientists Both believers and non-believers are in different positions of how long this process took. But there is unanimity that there was a starting point. They can't explain it, but it all seems to have started at a specific moment, a big bang or whatever terminology. God created, but there was void, emptiness. And then God's plan is made known. He wants to establish his kingdom, his government upon the earth through delegated human beings. After all the animals and all the other stuff was put into place, it says here, 
Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, let them rule. Verse 28, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. And it goes on. Three important things to understand here is that first of all, God explicitly makes known there's a transfer of his authority to man to rule on the earth. Let them. So if I say to Zama, if I say to you, let him open on Sunday morning, there is a transfer of authority that God, in his sovereignty, in other words, in his being in charge and the big boss of everything, he decided he was going to give mankind authority over the earth. And they were going to start in one place, in a beautiful garden, where there was order, where things had been brought into sync. And they were going to extend it as they multiplied. They were going to multiply Edenic gardens of worship and God-loving, God-fearing, in total health and no sickness and no suffering in, in a perfect environment where the acceleration of of technology and everything God put on this planet would have been exponential. Can you imagine people still around with 30,000 years of experience and knowledge in minds that are crystal clear? We can't even begin to believe how much resource there is on this planet for everybody to live in a total utopian state. Never mind just bread and butter. Utopia. We are aware that there was a cosmic calamity. But not before God said, let them rule. We will make them in our image, which means that God gave us the gift that in this flesh and blood, in the terra firma, the celestial made its habitation. When God breathed into us, unlike everything else in creation, Man received the very essence and nature of the God who created him so that he could walk in intimacy and fellowship and love. And through delegated authority, God sovereignly chose to relinquish his charge over the earth, give it to man so that he could commission on earth as it is in heaven to make heaven's reality a physical experience. And then the cosmic calamity of disobedience, of high treason, treason, of mutiny came and man said, yes, but I question your judgment and I'm going to do it my way. And someone even sang a song like that. Selfishness came in. Greed came in. Corruption came in. Friends, the world is a mess. But God's plan was always that through the offspring of this woman, through the seed who is Christ, that his body would be established on earth and he would once again have a habitation to exercise his kingdom authority on this planet. And that is called the church of Jesus Christ. And all that he wanted to do in giving that mandate to us was through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 sons, the 
Moses through the wilderness, the establishing of the priesthood and the temple and the Jewish nation was to bring the seed, Jesus Christ, to reestablish God's kingdom on earth. And that, my friend, was the very first sermon Jesus preached. The kingdom of my God is here, guys. I brought it with me. Watch where I point these things. A new sheriff was in town. And it says of him that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to untie sandals. And John said, uh, Jesus said of John, of all the prophets, he's the greatest. But those who are least in this new kingdom are greater than John the Baptist. How could he say that? Because Jesus was about to baptize us in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. In the garden, when God breathed his life in, man committed high treason and spiritually died. He didn't die in the flesh. He didn't die in the earth suit that was transporting the spirit, but spiritually he died. And then lived in a survival mode of the survival of the fittest. Get as much as you can. Put it all in a can and then sit on your can. Mentality. And selfishness and corruption, we see the end of the picture. What a mess. Jesus said there's a new kingdom coming. Then he spends three years teaching about this kingdom. All his parables, all his demonstrations. Because he didn't just come to talk about it. He came to show what it looked like. He tells parables like the parable of the sower. And he says, those who hear this message of the kingdom and don't take it too hard and don't grasp it, they are like the, the seed that falls on hard ground. The enemy comes and steals. My friend, there's no more important message right now what we should be preaching, that Jesus wants to establish his kingship over the earth. And he'll do it through his body. So, this morning, I want to just talk a little bit about two big words that get thrown around a lot. And pop, popular business-minded people are always talking about your vision and your values. And, and you often get asked, what's vision and values? But our vision is simply everything I've been talking about right now. That is the vision. It's his vision. It's Jesus who comes and says, I'm going to give you the authority now. I'm going to breathe my spirit on you. Wait until the day that the Holy Spirit comes in fire upon you. And then my church will be born. And my church will be like yeast in the dough that will be an ever-expanding kingdom. Ah, I was thinking we might sing that song this morning. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth. Tell everyone that seen and heard. Kingdom of heaven has come, come to earth. I'm going to audition for the team, Robbie. I, I don't know how I'm doing, but, but the message is good. And then God says, I'm going to put on an earth suit. I'm going to come. I'm not going to violate the commitment I made to delegated authority. I'm going to come in a physical body, born of a virgin, carrying the spirit of the Father, 
And I'm going to come into this earth and I'm going to take back that key authority that was handed over in the garden. Jesus comes, he's crucified, he's buried, and Satan had overplayed his hand because Jesus went into the very bowels of earth, of whatever you want to envision, the spiritual realms of hell, and he took back the keys of life and death. And down there, some, some demonic angels must have said to him, ha, but you're dead now. He said, no, sin is the, is the sting of death. I am sinless, and I am going to my Father, and I'm presenting my blood as an eternal offering. And when you go to heaven, maybe one of the righteous angels said, yeah, but now you're back in heaven again. What about operating on earth legally through delegated authority? And Jesus says, don't worry, I've taken care of that. I've got my body down there, and I'm going to go and re-inhabit my body, and I'm going to rule and reign through my body. But unlike one place at one time, I'm going to be in every town, and eventually every city, and eventually every nation, and eventually every continent, and eventually as the waters cover the earth, my glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Woo! Day of Pentecost came. Fire on the church. And then for a thousand years, the church went into apathy and the doldrums. God's vision was for the kingdom of heaven's culture to permeate across the planet in Eden-like worshiping communities where people walked in the cool of the day talking like face-to-face with God their creator. And they would expel darkness place by place, that which had become void, until the glory of God covered the earth. To colonize a place is to bring in a new culture. Mark, in the first service, you'll repeat it the second service next week, spoke really well around culture. Culture is the kind of the language, the ethics, the finances, the, the way we do things as a people group. That's why when we cross culture, we often find it awkward because we think they've got it all wrong. But, but they think we got it all wrong. Culture is a powerful thing. The culture of heaven is supposed to be experienced in the body of Jesus first. That's why that message this morning about the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts is so important. Because if love doesn't motivate everything else, we can't demonstrate the culture of heaven. We can have power gifts. We can have power healings. We can have a great farming project in our parking lot. (laughs) We're going to do lots of programs and lots of activities. But without that, that deep love, we don't show the culture of heaven. I was watching a program, I think it was one of the, uh, one of the channels. It, and I'm a bit of a history nerd, for those of you who don't know me. And it took the history of the Persian Empire through like 1,000, 2,000 years. It's so fascinating. But what I found so intriguing was that in about 700 AD, when Muhammad had claimed to have his you know, vision from God, and went into Mecca, and Saudi Arabia gathered a group of people who would now proselytize the world. 
short story I'm giving you. They then, one of the places they embarked on was Baghdad and across what we know as Baghdad into what we know as Iran, which was Persia, to establish Islam. Because it's a political agenda. 500 years later, Persia was Muslim. But the culture was Persian. How, what they ate, how they dressed, how they spoke, how they transacted. Islam could never convert the Persians into an Islamic culture because the Persian culture was so strong and that accounts for the big division in Islam today. History lesson over. But I, I'm, I was, when I heard that, it was like, aha, I'm getting to see the kingdom operate. I'm getting to see that Jesus puts a little bit of yeast in the dough and a little bit of yeast works through all the dough. You see, there's a kingdom culture that can get into your school. There's a kingdom culture that can get into this government. There's a kingdom culture that can get into education. There's a kingdom culture that can get into arts and medicine. And it's a culture that is established on the principles of God's kingdom as we begin to understand, we hear with a purpose. And that leads us into our four primary values, which are simply, number one, intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was always His desire. <laughs> he wants you to know Him better. Not because... Not in a way that you have to strive and try and be better to earn his acceptance, but in a way that you begin to believe the best about what he thinks about you. Jesus is God, the Father's opinion of you is the opinion he had of Jesus. Because as a believer, you were clothed in Christ. And when he looks at you, he sees his sons, perfect fulfillment of the law, perfect sinless life perfect death, burial, and resurrection, and he sees you seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And now he's just saying, don't ascribe to me the suffering that's been caused in the earth. Don't ascribe to me the pain and rejection that people have experienced. Don't ascribe to me the miserable childhood you had and the abusive relationships. Because that was never the Father at work. I'm going to give you my spirit so that you will have a window into my world and you'll have a window into the terra firma. And my prayer for you will be, let it be on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, that I begin to see a match between the celestial and the terrestrial between the unseen and the seen. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. You see, we're not in a religion. A religion is we do this, this, and this to earn something from God. What he offers in this new covenant is we receive his spirit, the spirit of sonship. And he longs. You know, he says, my spirit in you longs. And Jesus, 
You know, as a young Christian, I had no problem loving Jesus. I struggled with the Father. It's like, ah, I mean, I was so ignorant of these things. I'd be like, oh, Jesus, please put in a good word with me, okay? Because I think he's so miffed with me. I went out this morning, my motorbike couldn't start. And I know it's because I had those thoughts last night. And I know I wasn't nice to that person and I was rude. And please, Jesus, just put in a good word for me, man. I can't go. I was like schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so laughable now, but it wasn't then. Because then it was like, I, I, I don't know. If I don't match up, at some point, God is going to just. The second value of being yeast, building communities of worshipers. That was his intention. He started in a garden. It was going to grow from there. They wouldn't have taken more than they could tame. You know, the earth is a beautiful place. Even the jungles have a beauty about them. That is magnificent. And, and we haven't lived in a harmony that much. But when you see these people go make it their environment, and they learn to cooperate with it and harness its energy and its beauty. We can only do that acre by acre as we got manpower to do. Or else the natural tendency is to atrophy. It goes back to its original intent, original condition. The same way, we, we take one step at a time, one person at a time, building communities of worshipers. That's why Paul writes to the church and says, don't forsake your getting together. It's not just for you. It's for your brothers and sisters. Not just for a Sunday meeting, but as a community where you belong, connect, and see the vision that I've given to my church, my body, of which this church is only one part. Thirdly, it will be the yeast to see his vision fulfilled. Our third value is serving with the gifts he's given us. Do you know you were put in this generation for a purpose that's now? I've got to keep saying this. I've got to keep saying this. Because if God needed you in the 1700s, you would have been born in the 1700s. Your gift is needed now. And for many, there's a deep yearning that says, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And we struggle with that thing, and we try this, so we try that. And the danger is we get to a point where we say, oh, well, I don't know if I even got a purpose. If I got it, there's a reason for me. Let me tell you, we each hold an indispensable part of this puzzle that God is building in the generation right now. And your place needs to be filled by you. Don't spend your life trying to be like somebody else. Because somebody else isn't spending their life trying to be like you. You be you, as God told you, and you say, Father, what is that gift you've given me? What comes naturally to me? It's a joy to me. It's easy. And I see it's got fruit to it. God, I want to enhance that gift because I want to see the kingdom of God come on earth. And it's going to come as we serve with the gifts we've got. I mean, even as I look around this morning, I just see so many people with servant hearts. I'm thrilled to be part of this community. Not just because I think I'm the leader with a vision and you have to follow my vision, 
because I see that he's got a vision, and I want to get behind his vision because that is the vision that counts, and I want to see all of us blowing into the sails of that vision. And we do that when we say, I wasn't put on this earth to keep my gift to myself. My gift of, of talent, my gift of time, my gift of treasure, my gifts. And then finally, our mission to the world. You see, if God's vision is your, His kingdom come on earth, if God's vision is to colonize a planet with His culture, institution by institution, place by place, then we have to be very careful that we build with Him and not against it. Then we have to be, we have to say, what is he building that I need to be part of? And the mission in the world is the same commission he gave in the garden. Go, multiply, and enlarge. That Jesus said to his disciples, you'll receive power and you'll be my disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. In other words, there's an ever-expanding kingdom that we're part of as a local church. And you have a part. I have a part in this generation. So, if you managed to stay awake for all 25 minutes, I wasn't here this morning to entertain you. I wasn't here this morning to be a stand-up something or other. I wasn't here this morning to get your approval rating. God forbid. 30 years doing this, I want to tell you all that stuff's overrated. But I'm here this morning because I feel a stirring in my spirit that God is wanting to realign us, realign the way we think, about his grand purposes, realign ourselves with what the only recipe for the disaster on this planet and to snap out of any hypnotic spells we've come under, namely CNN, 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 CNN. Snap out of that and get into the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news is something to live for. The good news about something. It's not just good news in itself. Oh, I've got the good news. What is the good news? No, it's just good news. Yeah, but what is the good news about? It's just good news. No, the good news is about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And our people rising up with an answer and a solution. And churches that begin to mushroom and blossom and see signs, wonders, and miracles in a culture of the love of God. Come on. That's something worth living for. That's something worth dying for. Let's stand up together as we bring this to a conclusion. Lord, you're awesome. Lord Jesus, we love you. You said you would build your church. And you said we must seek first the kingdom. 
Lord, this morning, we just want to bring every thought captive into obedience. Every thought that's been planted deceptively that brings fear, doubt, anxiety, and regret. Every one of those thoughts is a lie. And we want them to be exposed in the light of truth, which says God has a purpose for this planet. He's not finished, and he's put us here for such a time as this. And our God wins in the end. There's no power in earth that can stand against his purposes and his love. And we are on the winning side in Christ. And Lord, we refuse to allow this world's media to dictate our level of joy and peace. And we say, no. We are receiving the free gift poured out from your spirit into our spirit, full of love, power, and a sound mind. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask for this. God, bless your people, Lord. Make your face shine on them. Give them peace. Protect them in all their ways. Give them strategies. Give them new opportunities. Contracts in the post. New opportunities. New business ventures. New ideas. New creativity new hope, new boldness. I pray for courage, and I just pray for the blessing of God over each one of our families. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a wonderful day.